Hi, everyone. You know, last, um, a, lo a while ago, I was asked to give a chapel talk, and they asked me to talk a little bit about failure. Um, I had given a short um, devotional to our faculty meeting. And in, I, I've been thinking about how do we embrace failure when life gets mess messy, and I, I thought particularly of my students this semester and all of the changes that people had to go through as we faced a, a pandemic and the changes to our lives that happened almost overnight. And you know, between Thursday when I had finished drafting this message and then today giving it our nation once again, is facing another national crisis. Many of us have, have, have experienced a difficult semester and a, a difficult time as we've lived in the new reality of a pandemic. Overnight, many of you were homeschooling. You had to change your churches to be online. You had to completely change the way we did classes. Everyday life just became harder as we went shopping or as living with a person under high risk, being careful about the context and when I went and how I got groceries. Recent events, though, have left us with a deeper grief and mourning for those who have lost their lives and have experienced continued discrimination in our, in our country. There have been several months of sorrow that just for a life that could have been, there seems to be just this grief that has descended upon us. And perhaps we haven't been able to do the things we have, and perhaps you haven't done the things you wish you had. And so perhaps maybe you're looking at failures, perhaps you're grieving over the divisiveness that we're experiencing at our community and national level. And perhaps you're in a period of lament all of these can leave us with a feeling of hopelessness, a feeling of failure. Perhaps even your own experiences seem trivial to what others are going through and the trials. You don't know how to really process those feelings or what you can do. And that's okay because that is our normal human response. And it's our normal reaction to disappointment and grief and failure. You know, last year I learned a little bit more about failure. Um, many of you know I, I, I participate in Ironmans, which is a 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike, and a 26-mile run. And although I participate in them, I've never finished one. And last year, as I was getting ready to participate in the Louisville Ironman, I got an email from the media um, portion of the Ironman, and they said that they wanted to feature me as one of their feature athletes in the upcoming Ironman, that they had been impressed by my story. And so I kind of was surprised that they would want to share my story. I mean, I, I, I haven't overcome any great obstacles. I haven't had any great losses. And so I went back and read what I had written on my registration form. And all I had written is I've attempted this three times and this is my fourth attempt. You see, what they wanted to write about was not just my failure, 
but how I dealt with my failure. How did I, I process things when my race didn't go as planned? You know, I've regularly reflected upon my disappointment and of not finishing Ironman. I decided I needed to be honest and authentic as I processed it. And I posted it on my Facebook page and on a larger group page because I felt like people needed to see how to fail. People needed to see what happens when life gets messy and to be authentic because I think a lot of times in our Instagram world, we are more willing to post our successes and the good things in life or our wisdom we have learned than we are our struggles or our failures. And in this world, I think people need to learn that we're not perfect, that we do fail. Oftentimes what we see on social media, we can't reconcile with the reality of our own lives. You know, as I thought about this and thought of one of my favorite persons in the Bible, Peter, can you imagine if Peter had a social media account? Can you imagine what his Instagram would have looked like? You know, that episode that they read of Peter getting out of the boat and walking on the water, we'd see Peter, you know, posting his picture as he walked on water. And, hey, look, Ma, no boat. And then the next picture would be he and Jesus walking back and saying, hey, this is my bed and I, we're walking on water together. What we wouldn't see is when Peter sunk and, and was drowning and reached out to Jesus and said, save me. And so what we wouldn't see in the highlights reel of Peter's adventure is what Jesus did. You know, think about the other highlights we might see from his life, his Instagram, his confession as Christ, as God, his presence as the transfiguration, um, him defending Jesus with a sword. And we might even see him on the beach with Jesus walking together post-resurrection. But what we would miss is Peter's failures, his learning experiences. What we would miss is when Jesus rebuked him. And perhaps the greatest depth is his denial. Do you realize that if the, we didn't see that, we wouldn't understand the grace and mercy of Jesus? Do you realize that every single gospel records Jesus? Um, Peter's denial of Jesus. Have you ever thought how the authors knew about that? They, they were gone. It was just, just Peter and John. I think because Peter realized that he understood the grace and mercy and love of Jesus, not because he was always right, because Jesus was there with him when he failed. And Jesus is the God of second chances. If the Gospels did not record Peter's failures, we would not see Jesus' mercy and grace and his work in Peter's life. The one who kept Peter from drowning is the one who kept Peter from despairing. We would not see Jesus, and I don't think we would see the Peter who stood up at Pentecost and said, this is what it means. And knew exactly who Jesus was and what the Spirit was doing. 
we would not see a God who uses imperfect people. Think if the Bible did not record the failures, we would not see David's failure and God's redemption. Look at even after a king, God does not hide the humanness of David. Between Joseph's revelation and his dream to his brother and the fulfillment of the dream, we see Joseph going through a dark period where God is with him. God does not even hide the fact that Moses struck the rock instead of speaking to it and thus did not get to see the promised land. Bible records that God is present in our lives, that he uses flawed, imperfect people, and many times disobedient, to accomplish his will. But it's in our darkest moments and our greatest failures that we often see God's hand most clearly at work. People in the world are more likely to relate to our failures than our successors successes. Leaders are not those who fail, but are willing to show their failures and how they process those failures when life gets messy. So I want to just reflect upon a few points that I've learned as I've processed failures. You can say this is what I've learned from Iron Man, but I think it also reflects on some of the things that we're going through now and perhaps will be helpful to you. One of the first things I think when, when life gets messy, when we feel like we've failed and haven't really succeeded at what we wanted, didn't speak when we should have or think we should have. Um, for me, when I didn't finish a race, um, the first thing I do is evaluate. And I allow myself to reflect on that. Sometimes the first part of this evaluation is just being honest with my feelings. Um, to grieve, to be angry, to be disappointed. Um, just be honest of what I had hoped to do and what didn't happen. Sometimes we need to be open and honest about the evil that has been done to others and by others. It's acknowledging our losses, acknowledging our loss of expectations, and perhaps even our ignorance or avoidance of difficult situations. Even anger at the events that have just happened. These emotions are human responses, and we need to acknowledge them. And we, as the church, the white church in particular need to acknowledge our own silence and in a way being complicit with some of the discrimination that has happened. We have to understand by our own silence because it didn't directly affect us that we also contribute to continued suffering. And so it's a time of lament and examining of ourself and our hearts and our roles. We also need to evaluate the context of our failures, to look at our circumstances with 
um, eyes, perhaps some of you who, who haven't accomplished the things you would hope to in, academically, and you just need to look at your circumstances. In one of my races, my tire blew out. Nothing I could do, and I ended up crashing. Um, sometimes we're not in control of the events and circumstances like the pandemics and, and the actions that acted upon us as far as staying in, in our home and not be able to work or not be able to uh, finish school. And we need to be honest of things that are out of our, our control. Um, you have to accept those things. And finally, the other thing in this evaluation is you can't compare yourself to others. What are others doing might not be what you could do. There may be others who, within this whole context of pandemic, they're able to juggle things, church and school and childcare um, very well. But you can't compare yourself to what people are doing. You have to understand what you're capable of, what you're able to do. Um, I can't compare to people who are doing things because I live with somebody that's high risk. And so friends want to gather, gather or somebody, you know, oh, and I just have to say, no, I can't. I live with a person at high risk. Um, you have to look at what you're able to do in your situation, even in this res. I know some of my friends are out protesting. Some are not. Some are, are, are looking at posts and are sharing posts that seem to be helpful. And so I think in this evaluation, we have to look at ourselves and not compare ourselves to other people at this point. The second thing is to ask for help. You know, we don't have all knowledge and those who've taken a class from me, if you ask a question that's outside my area of specialization, I would say, hey, that makes a great paper and I would really like to learn about that area because we don't know everything and we can't do anything, uh, everything. Um, everyone is different. Perhaps, you know, in your evaluation, it revealed areas that you really aren't good at. Get some help with those areas. Ask other people to do it. Perhaps um, you need help with technology in your churches. Get people to help you with that people to help with childcare. I appreciated people who, who emailed me and said, hey, can I get groceries for you? Um, because they knew my situation of being, being high risk. Um, for instance, I also discovered about myself that um, I'm not very good in the part of training that requires strength training and nutrition. And so I I'm, I'm just can't do that without accountability. And so I asked for help in that area. Um, people right now, perhaps you're in a situation you don't know what you don't know of how to address some of the racial discrimination. And this is where I think looking at posts, there's great books out there and great resources to be able to help you and to gain better understanding. Talk to people, but listen carefully. Um, there are people around campus who can um, help you with resources and help you. Perhaps you're just really dealing, struggling with isolation and there's counseling and telecounseling and you have um, other people who are willing to help reach out. You know, acknowledging your weakness or asking for help isn't showing weakness. It's showing vulnerability. 
and showing your humanness, that you can't do everything. The other thing is to find a team. You know, going through things that you're difficult, especially when, when in your week and when life is really messy, having a team, having a group of people you can talk to about what you're going through and reinforcing your humanness that you are a failure because you're just not doing everything you should. There, perhaps some of you will join a Bible study going through some of these books that are talking about what it means to be um, a black person in, in the United States. How do we address that as the white church? What should we be doing acknowledging and um, reaching out? And so there are, are Bible studies that are being formed to be able to enter in the conversation. I think that's one of the greatest things that's, that's happening right now is this conversation has gone back from a very hidden conversation to being very public. And so join those conversations and listen and learn. Academically, I know, for instance, I train with a team just because it keeps me accountable and it encourages me and I'm a little bit competitive. So, um, it's fun to train with people. Same with academics, share papers, share ideas, um, keep each other accountable, uh, especially during this time when we're not face-to-face. -face. Um, and finally, I wanna say, don't give up. Just because you fail one, keep trying, keep going. Um, don't let someone tell you that you're too old to be in school, to start school. Don't let people crush your dream. You know, I, I have people sometimes say, well, why don't you do a shorter race? And it's like, wait a minute, my dream is to do this. And I do do shorter races, by the way. But don't lose hope because the fact that you continue demonstrates your hope. Hope is something you keep doing. You know, one of my favorite parts of Peter's story when he's after the resurrection, they're out fishing on the boat, you know, the story in John. And the moment Peter hears that it's Jesus, he didn't hesitate. He jumped in that water. He went to Jesus because his hope was in Jesus. He knew Jesus and he knew that, knew the person who could reconcile him. Despite his denial, Despite his darkest hour, he had hope. And hope is something we do. It turns out that Iron Man wanted to interview me, not just because of my failures, but because of my response to failures. The fact that I kept trying, the fact that I kept a positive attitude was something that impressed them. My races haven't turned out the way I intended. In fact, some of them are quite messy. But each time I learn the lesson and evaluate and get help and move forward. And so each time I hope that others can learn from the, some of the lessons I've learned and find hope in someone who keeps trying. The world is looking for a different way to live, different than what they see on Instagram. Another way to respond when life gets really messy, a way to be able to have hope, 
and we have that in the Lord. Our hope is not in our circumstances, but it's in our eternal God who cares very much about each one of us. So what will you do when you feel like you fail? What will you do when you feel like you, you haven't addressed issues as well as you can, or you find out that by your actions you have been complicit? Do you believe that God is in that? Do you believe that God is in our present circumstances? I do. And it's because we have this God in our present circumstance that he hears us. You know, Paul writes from prison in part of the darkest time of his life, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayers and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in the Lord. God is present in our darkest hour. God is present in our greatest failure. He may not change our circumstances, but he is with us. Life doesn't always look like the way we expected. Sometimes we just manage to get through the day. You know, I love watching the end of Ironman races. The people who are coming in at 16 hours and 30 minutes, 16 hours, 40 minutes, some of them are just relieved. Some of them are jumping with joy and just skip over the finish line. But then there are those who crawl, who just make it across. But you know, they all get the same medal. Sometimes our life, sometimes our race doesn't look like what we expect. Sometimes it's very messy. Right now it seems like we're living in troubled times. But we also have to remember that our citizenship is not here. Paul in Philippians reminds us to rejoice because our citizenship is in heaven. We can live in hope and joy despite our failures, despite our circumstances, because we live in the reality of the kingdom of God now. You know, people are looking for a different way to live. People are looking for a different way to respond. And we who live in the kingdom of God understand that love and joy and peace will conquer all. People are impressed, not because we don't fail or don't make mistakes. They are impressed when we learn from those failures and how we respond those, to those failures. 